Ladies and gentlemen. What you gonna do? Brother, 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 brother. of the deep six wrestling podcast it is friday or no it is saturday my bad uh, october 2nd whoopsie d have a bowl of me uh so it's a little later than normal but yeah it's time for the impact power hour i'm ryan yeah i'm angelo and yeah uh interesting episode of uh impact as most of them seem to be um and we'll get right off into this uh but first we gotta say, uh, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on any of the platforms that we are on. Join the over thirty countries that listen to us. I don't remember how many it's actually, but I remember <laughs> at one point we were at the thirty. So yeah, we don't need to list them out. Don't worry. Yeah. Uh, so like, just join us. Join the revolution. Join us. Um, and also make sure to follow us on Twitter at Deep Six Wrestling is Deep Six Wrestling. Just no G at the end. Uh, and on YouTube, subscribe to us on YouTube at Deep Six Wrestling. Uh, again, we do put our uh, uh, podcasts on there as well as some punishments and random videos that we do. Um, so, yeah. Um, you know what? Let me go off on the uh, the Twitter. Oh, boy. Here. Well, I was very tempted the other day to you know go on Deep Six Twitter and uh, respond back to some some people that were arguing, uh, you know, what is an ex WWE guy? Oh yes, and I and I refrained myself. I figure, you know, in in the world of Impact, there's a lot of you know what you would phrase ex WWE guys in it. So my definition of what one would say is an ex WWE guy, you know, would have to be someone that was on television for a good amount and got some, you know, notoriety from being in WWE. So like. Who falls in that category? You know, that on impact, you could say uh, Brian Myers. Yeah. You could say um, Cardona. Yeah. Very successful. Like, those are examples of guys that were on the WWE product and definitely benefited from being on the WWE products. On the AEW world, you have a Matt Hardy. Yeah. You, have, you could even say Brian Danielson, CM Punk. Yeah. yeah. He's got the notoriety. But on Twitter, people were saying, MJF is an ex WWE guy. Yes. Baker is an ex WWE guy. And... Oh, I'm, I'm glad you brought this up. <laughs> <laughs> and I would like to say that is absolutely incorrect logic. Yeah. And no. MJF <laughs> made a backstage appearance as a, an extra security member. So he might have been on screen for three seconds. Yeah. That does not qualify you to be an ex WWE guy. I think Britt right. Baker was once an enhancement talent for Nia Jax. Yes. Yeah. That does not qualify you as an ex-WWE guy. Yeah. WWE is so large. It is the top wrestling company in the world that 
if you're in wrestling long enough, at some point, you're if you're good enough as well, at some yeah. point, you're going to step foot in WWE, whether it be those one-off appearances or in developmental or getting a tryout or just, you know, showing up as talent enhancement or just being like Max Caster and doing a skit and pretending to be a woman. I yeah. mean, you're going to, you know, step foot in there at one point or another. They're just the biggest, especially in the past few years, they were just scooping up talent left and right. So, you know, at one point or another, you're probably in contact with WWE. To call those people, because the argument was made that like, oh, you know, it's there's no ex-WWE champions right now. And some people are like, yes, there is. Look at Britt Baker. And you're like, that's that's absolutely untrue. Yeah. She, she did not gain any value to her career by being in WWE outside of a paycheck and maybe some of the insiders being like, oh, WWE looked at her. But yeah. no fans remember that. Yeah. Which <laughs> I think that's, that's where the line needs to be drawn. It's like, do you remember if someone was in WWE? That yeah. makes them an ex-WWE person. Yeah. Like, what you're called? Like, Scorpio Sky is another one that comes to mind because Scorpio was part okay. of the uh, the anger management stuff with uh, Brian and Kane uh-huh. originally. Uh, and yes, people yeah. like people would throw that out and be like, oh, he was, he was on multiple segments. It's like he never wrestled. He literally yeah, no, was I... just there to like be a comic character for Kane and Brian to feed off of. Um, right. Yeah, that, that um, I don't remember at all. Like, yeah. I remember the skit. I didn't realize it was Scorpio Sky. So yes. that, you know, th- stuff yes. like that that doesn't help them as yeah. a, you know professional no. wrestler. So and like Anthony Bowens of the Acclaim, the other part of the Acclaim. Uh, he was like a long-term jobber in NXT, but never had a contract. It was just a, hey, like, I live in Florida. Like, can I, like, they give me a paycheck. And it was the same thing, I believe, QT Marshall as well. Yeah. Uh, and then Bones got injured by Authors of Pain. And WWE, like, was like, okay, well, we're not going to work with him anymore. And it was like. <laughs> Oh, so I got injured, so you're not going to use me anymore. Okay, well, AEW just called me. AEW uh, gave, gave him a co- contract offer. And apparently, Bowens has come out and said that uh, the mo- the moment he debuted on AEW Dark, um, he got a c- phone call from WWE offering a contract. That's hilarious. And he was like, well, no, you like I've already had a prior relationship with you. But like people were like, oh, he's an XWWE guy. He was on NXT for months. And it was like, no, it was because he was an enhancement talent for a pay per appearance fee. Yeah. It's like, it's like if Kira Hogan ends up leaving AEW and going to NXT or going back to Impact or going to, I don't know, stardom in Japan for some reason. Like, I'm not going to be like, oh, she's an ex AEW person because she's been on a pay per appearance fee. As somebody who like hasn't had a contract or anything like that, I call her an ex impact person because that's where she got her name. Right. Yeah. And I mean, even with that, like they had the rampage match, you know, she was advertised for it. That is still completely different than Britt Baker, not getting an entrance jobber and being squashed in one match. Yes. (laughs) No, like that is very, very different. Yeah. And most likely not even using her name. Right. That's what they probably used a fake name or maybe yeah. not even mentioned it. Yeah. You know, that's, that's what I mean. Like that <laughs> Twitter gets me, uh, gr- makes me grind my gears until I realize it's uh, not worth, 
not worth the effort to yell at 12 year olds on Twitter. Yeah, I think the I do think the one person like just off the top of my head and this will bring it back to impact that I think you could put an asterisk with would be Diana because she had some name value before going to WWE and then had maybe 10 matches in NXT on TV and all of them were jobbers matches. So yeah. I, I don't know. Like she was signed to WWE for three years, but like I wouldn't say like she got notoriety from being in in NXT or anything like that. Yeah, Whereas, I mean, she. I would. Yeah, she's borderline. Like I would consider yeah. her a WWE person. She was yeah. long enough. Yeah, but, I mean, what she has done with Impact now like far surpasses you know yes. everyone's expectations from yeah. her WWE career. So I mean, yeah, know, put out of the water. TNA back in the day when it was like. Let's sign Kurt Angle. Let's bring in Kevin Nash. Like you, you were just bringing in guys that already had, you know, full notoriety and putting them. Yeah. Cards. That that was, you know, the, the glory days of TNA wrestling. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, let us know on Twitter what you think about the whole XWWE argument. Like if you go off of people who have like actually been signed by WWE, like to like full time contracts in AEW, I think it's like somebody put up a stat it's like less than 25 percent of the people have been uh full-time employees by wwe um because like kenny omega like some people will be like oh he was a wwe guy because he was in fucking smoke uh deep south wrestling uh when it was developmental for them and he was there for i think five months right and that's my point is like everybody Yes. If you're in wrestling long enough and you're good enough, you're, right. you're stepping foot in WWE, whether it was developmental or mm-hmm. talent enhancement, at some point you're making your way there because yep. WWE has the pocketbooks to bring in as much people as they want. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Impact Time. Um, I didn't oh, watch yeah. before the Impact, uh, but I did watch the Iceman Intel because Pat sent it and made a joke about it. Um, it was him in a random parking lot saying uh, that uh, he doesn't know what Christopher Daniels is is doing, but he, he has reached out to one of his sources, Gia Miller, to try to get information about it. Um, and that Gia Miller will be doing an interview with Christopher Daniels tonight, uh, even though that was already announced. So this was, a, this was easily the most worthless Iceman Intel of all time. Iceman just reads the spoilers. That's yeah. That's what it comes down to. This man is getting paid money to read spoilers. He could be volunteering for all we know. <laughs> I don't know, man. We're not. He's just... been on some of their. He's been on like uh, Scott Demore and like other people's like Twitch pages too. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, like he. he uh, and, and now he's also. Uh, doing uh, one of the YouTube shows with uh, for the members uh, with Josh Alexander. They're uh, uh, rewind. It, it's like they uh, retro rewind, and they just watch old matches and react to the old matches. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I know that. What's yeah. like? They've done one one episode, and it was the first ever X Division match. Was was he a wrestler? No. All right. No. <laughs> he he. The only other thing. So Pat sent me something because he found his other YouTube channel, okay. and it's like a podcast about like the paranormal and the occult and religion. 
It was very weird. I mean, it, that that makes sense for like the way he presents himself with Iceman Intel. Yeah, it's well, also in the exact same room. Like he he records it in the exact same room as Iceman <laughs> Intel. So so it's got the background and everything. And he's like, "I'm George Iceman," and I'm like. Yeah. George, George, what what do you mean you're George Iceman? I thought that was your wrestling personality. Nope, this is just who he is. That's, yeah, it's just his journalism personality. Yeah. Cool. Good for him. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, we start off the main show with Laredo Kid versus Trey Miguel versus Alex Zane. Alex Zane making his first appearance in Impact, the former Ari Sterling in uh wwe for about two months um and yeah alex zane already showing off like he's already all over the place again he's uh, been released guys 30 did his 30 day no compete he's already been advertised for new japan he's already in gcw again and now in impact so sky's the limit for him yeah that's awesome um I do have to say from the last time I've seen him, because I did not watch any of 205 Live with him, um, <laughs> he has looked at, like he got a little bit buffer, which makes sense because um, of the whole you know, WWE way. Uh, but he th- did not prevent him from doing some crazy stuff in the ring. This was a great match to just show off uh, everybody's high-flying flips, uh, as well as some, like, I'd say the if you don't like the whole choreographed stuff that like people like the old school fans will be like, Oh, this isn't wrestling. This is court two choreographed stunts. And it's like, yes, but like that's all wrestling has always been. It's just different because these guys are more mobile and doing a lot more crazy stuff. So it makes it look more ridiculous. Um, but I think the big star out of this wasn't Zane or Laredo Kid. I thought this was the best Trey has looked in a while. Yeah, I mean, this probably since he had his Treehouse team, this is like the most action in terms of in-ring action he's had in a match. I mean, yeah. he was flying around everywhere. This this was an excellent match, and I think I told you earlier, but um, this gave me some nostalgia yeah. in general. So it reminds me of the old uh, TNA days. They did a like a trios tournament. So then end in a fatal four way, which Austin Aries won a contract. But there's a lot of great wrestling that came out of it. I mean, like I still remember the matches with Jack Evans, with Dima Ion in it, obviously Aries. I mean, it gave me that nostalgia. Like this is what the X division is all about. And that's what they did. It must have been like 10, 11, 12 years ago where they were like X division was kind of getting a little down. It brought these guys back in. This is what the X Division is all about. Let's have a bunch of great, you know, triple threats and have a new star come out of it. And I'm hoping, you know, after watching this match, you know, it sets the bar for the next couple of weeks. Even though I don't like the the people that are in uh, the next week's one, we can get into that later. But you know, it sets the bar for like this is what the X Division is all about. This is the perfect match to start off this whole mini tournament. Yeah, absolutely. Um... Yeah, I, I think next week's match is a very interesting uh, setup. They didn't really advertise. It, it was weird, and we'll get to it when they talk about it. But they didn't, like, highlight this as, like, oh, yeah, this is the second of them. It was just like, oh, yeah, it's a, a three-way X Division match. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I, like, this one was hyped up so much. And this this next one is like, all right, here's three guys. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Trey looked great. Um, and you, I, I feel like this might be the time that you're like, okay, well, maybe they finally give, pull the trigger and finally give Trey a title. Uh, the crowd is really behind him, uh, and they have been since he returned. Um, uh, and I, I wouldn't be like, depending on who else is in it, I wouldn't be shocked if they give it to Trey. Um, yeah. even if it's not like a long term run. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's um, he's not a guy I would see using option C, so he would definitely be no. good, like a good first champ after you know Josh Alexander, since he officially yeah. relinquished the title. He'd be a good first champ. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't think we're gonna get another option C guy for a bit. Um, yeah, naturally. Uh, also, at towards the end of this match, they go backstage or they go to the picture in picture. Matthew Raywalt is uh, watching. Um, and then after the match, it goes right into a Matthew Raywalt promo slash vignette. Him calling out Laredo Kid, not because he doesn't like Laredo Kid, but because he sees Laredo Kid as an artiste, just like himself, that is misunderstood. Uh, and that next week he wants to have a match with him so that they can both showcase their art uh, for the world. Um, I'm all for it. Uh, the more Matthew Raywalt in the ring, the better. Um, and the more Laredo Kid, the better. He's fantastic. You, you don't think Laredo Kid, like, he, he's a current champ in AAA, right? We went over that? Correct, yes. So, can he lose a lot? Does that matter? Does that AAA care as much? I think that, well, I don't, I think this goes back to the whole AAA thing where they just don't let people use their titles very often when they go to other promotions. Yeah. Because if you've noticed, he has not come out with the AAA Cruiserweight belt. Yeah. Um, He's not recognized he, as it. Yeah, I think they mentioned it, like, when he first showed up. Yeah. But, like, it's not brought up all the time. Um. So I, I, I think they know that that's okay. Like he, he went to a, he did a few matches in AEW, and I don't think he got a single win in AEW. Um, Very true. Yeah, it's just something that like he was just the fall guy out. for for matches. So, but yeah, I, I do think that is a, an interesting point. I, I think at this point, it's more Triple A uh, knows what they have in Laredo Kid, and like I think a lot of people know who Laredo Kid is. This is just to get his name out there a little bit more. Yeah, um, he's getting full work. This is good for him. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because he's not defending that title very often. Because I think I think he's held it for over nine hundred and sixty some. Yeah, days. yeah. We went over and that. He, he doesn't have many defenses with it. So, um, yeah. All right. Yeah, well, he's been wrestling since two thousand and three. Really, I didn't know that. He is thirty four years old. So that's wow. 18 years. So he's been wrestling since he was 16 professional. I mean, I think Ray Mysterio was the same way. If you look at yeah. his, like, you know, resume, I think he started wrestling at 16. I think just uh, the Lucha stars in Mexico, they do start a little younger. And um, the ones that come out and go to, you know, inter U.S. and international stages, they're excellent performers just because they've been doing it for the mo- yeah. majority of their life. Yeah. Um. Also, interesting thing is that his original name was the Exterminator. Hmm. They changed it pretty quickly to Laredo Kid. Um, <laughs> Good. I feel like Laredo Kid is like a name that, like, it's it's like the 
like the rapper equivalent of like the Lil. Where he's, yeah, he, yeah. Like, adding it, his name is he, like he just needs to. Grow, he's eventually gonna grow up and he's gonna be just Laredo. I don't know. I think he's he's thirty four now. I think this is it. <laughs> nah, he, he, he's no. not. No, nah, because because luchadors they don't they don't reach maturity until they're like forty something. Like look at Rey Mysterio, the man's still playing on great matches, and he's like almost fifty. I know that, that's crazy, <laughs> Lil Ray. Yes. <laughs> um, after this, uh, we get an update on Sammy Callahan, who apparently was beaten up backstage uh, and broke his ankle. Um, I thought it was this interesting is, that they did this with, yes. you know, the crowd waiting to get in. So they, you know, carted him out. The crowd obviously had no idea what happened to him. So it's, yeah. you know, interesting scene. They see the cameras, so they obviously know it's, you know, for the taping. But still, that's like a pretty cool scene to like catch a crowd off guard for sure. Yeah. Uh, my assumption is that they did th- that because Sam- we know how Sammy injured himself. Apparently, he did a suicide dive in a match. Um, with either Moose or Morrissey, or it was a tag match. Uh, and as he did his suicide dive, he got his leg trapped in between the ropes, and it just snapped. Um, so they just cut that match all together. And I'm assuming that was like the first set of tapings, and then the second set of tapings were trying, were waiting to get in, and that's where they wheeled them out in front of. Ah, um, so he was he was bad, bad. I didn't mean no. Oh yeah, bad. yeah. Yeah, so he, he this is an actual injury. Uh, Sammy posted it uh, during Impact, uh, what, like uh, uh, an image of his foot and ankle, and it looks like the ankle is literally like, ha- like just knocked way out of its socket. Like it, it looks like his leg Ooh. goes one direction, then his ankle is a totally different spot, and then his foot. Wow. It is a and, nasty injury. Yeah, um, no, ironically, this is probably some of the safest wrestling he's done in his career. Yeah, um, but, I know. Uh, you know, I, I think mean, no, he, nothing is really safe in the ring. So that's yeah. yeah, that's always terrible to hear. Wish him the best of luck in recovery. Yeah, I believe Meltzer is reported that the earliest date they're expecting him back is sometime in May of 2022. Yeah. Uh, no. So this knocks him out for a good portion of the year. Yeah, um, no, this kills his momentum. Yeah, but I'm sure it'll be a good way to when he comes back, he'll get a good reaction. Um, I would think so too. It's just getting this babyface role. Um, so who knows? He could come back as a heel. He could come back with a group. Who knows? Yeah, he can come um, back as a Triple H babyface after that injury. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. Um, the uh, the other thing this does interrupt is uh, his indie dates that had been announced. He, he they had announced a show in uh, for like ho- the Halloween weekend. It was him and Moxley. Yes, uh, I remember that. Oh yeah, tag- yeah. Do reuniting their tag team uh, for the first time in over a decade. Um, the Switchblade co- uh, Collective uh, that has been changed to now just a Moxley singles match and it's an open challenge. Um, so. Uh, if you're wow. excited for the Switchblade Collective versus, uh, I think it was supposed to be the Switchblade Collective versus the Wolves, uh, Eddie Edwards right. and Davey Richards. It now it's not. Which, so. I didn't know they were wrestling together anymore, so that, that would have been nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that was that was gonna be it was gonna be a, both uh, returns for both teams. Oh, oh, literally! Oh. Wow. Yeah, they should still do the Wolves. My goodness. Yeah, I, they might get another match. 
Yeah. Since okay. Now the the now Moxley has a singles match. Yeah. Um, True. Uh, after this, we get uh, uh, Eddie Edwards promo uh, about them uh, how Morrissey has never had a street fight before, um, and it do- doesn't know how to play or has never had a match that needs to play by these types of rules. Um, we brought this up last week. They literally had a street fight during their feud already. Um, so yeah, cool. No, in fact, really, like since we've been watching, hasn't been repeating matches, but this is definitely yeah. the one feud. Yes, they're going back. Yeah, understandable. Uh, you know that they. Yeah. Now that you've explained the injury to me a little more, like I, I get it. You know, yeah, a pinch, but we we did see this match already. Yes. Um. Uh, Eddie also claims that he is the that uh, Impact is the island of misfit toys, and that Eddie is the biggest misfit of all of them. Uh, which I would not say Eddie Edwards is a misfit in wrestling. Um, he he's literally like he is a world champion in multiple different companies, um, like all over the world. I would not I would not count this man as a misfit. Um, I mean. Yeah, what it what they're saying because he's not like you know prototype look like Morrissey is. Yeah, is so I, I get what they're saying in that sense. It's like him and yeah. Callahan don't fit the big sweaty men mold. That's fair. So if you look at in that sense, yeah, sure, he's a misfit, yeah. but right, very well accomplished, obviously. Yeah. Um, they also announced that Moose has been banned from ringside in a no DQ match, which that. That didn't make a lick of sense to me, but we'd get to that match and he abided by it. Yeah, well, I mean, the reasoning is like you took out Callahan, so yeah. now you don't get that two-on-one advantage you were looking for. Yeah. So it's like, oh, um, sure. We get uh, after this, we get the influence of Mass and Rain and Neil Dashwood versus Rachel Ellering and Jordan Grace for number one contendership. For the Knockouts Tag Titles, uh, which that match will be at Knockouts Knockdown. Um, And (laughs) I had issues with commentating this this show. uh, And this this was the biggest gripe for me was as the influence was coming out. Matt Stryker says that if Madison just asked Gail Kim for a title shot, she would have given it to them since they're such great friends. Last yeah. week, they literally had a segment of Madison Rain going to Gail Kim and asking her for a title shot because they are such good friends. And Gail Kim said, no, you have to earn it. Here's a match for it. And Madison Rain got upset about it. So, like, clearly, Matt Strucker is just not watching the product here. Yeah, maybe that was the joke. Maybe just being funny. maybe. I don't know. Um, this was uh, this is not the greatest match. Uh, it wasn't a bad match. It just was really slow. Um, also during this match, uh, Tennille and Rachel locked up, and I think it was Matt Stryker again who said that. You know, when Rachel or when when Jordan locks up with somebody uh, in the ring, you, you're normally expecting Jordan to have the power advantage. But 
that's what Rachel Ellering brings to a match is that she can match Jordan's power for power in these lockup situations. Uh, when it's clearly that wouldn't happen, they are a tag team. And Jordan, you never Grace know, they, they get locked up against each other. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but um, yeah, the, the interesting take from Stripe. I mean, overall, yeah. like, I, I get what you're saying. This match, um, it, it's not gonna, it didn't show the full potential of what Rachel and no. Jordan do. Obviously, yeah. it was more, you know, a heel type of yeah. match. So, yeah. Um, the influence ended up winning. Um, what was their finisher? I, they had a kiss and then something. They called it the double kiss. Or <laughs> just they like, both blue kisses. And then, like, I think there was a kick involved. I don't even remember the end of, the, of this match other the than Matt Trigger saying the kisses. Okay. Yeah. Um, then we get to the main point of this show, I think, that everybody was excited You're for. Christopher the Daniels' promo. Main point of the show? What? No. They're. They're going to be the future no. knockout tag team champs. I, I hope. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I do no. have to say that the best part of this entire match was Mass and Rain tags in and is dead silent in the arena, and commentating <laughs> commentators aren't talking, and all of a sudden a fan just yells, "You have to be under the influence to like Madison Rain." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, he, he must be a TNA original fan. That's all I can say. <laughs> Clearly, man. <laughs> I think I think if anybody is under the influence of something, it's probably that fan. It's probably that guy. Yeah, but they must be selling <laughs> beer in Nashville. Apparently, uh, we get our Christopher Daniels interview slash promo. Uh, Gia asks why Christopher Daniels is here. Daniels says that the fallen angel is back because he's heard all about the forbidden door and everybody trying to knock on it and go wherever they want. But when you have built the damn house, you don't need to knock on any door. Uh, Josh interrupts uh, and thanks him for helping. Um, And Christopher Daniels kind of starts to put him over and then Christian shows up and Christian is just like, well, Josh, I didn't come out there to help you. Uh, I just wanted to see, like, make sure that you're on your A game. Uh, and yeah, no, you know, type of talk. Yeah, and he says, "Oh, you know, for somebody who thinks that they they're going to be a future world champ, you didn't have your head on a swivel. You know, you weren't paying attention. Uh, you got angry that I came out, uh, and you know that's why." I almost got hurt. You almost got hurt. And Daniel stops them both and says, hey, I'm not here to, yeah, you know, I came out there and helped you guys because I wanted to put make a statement, but I'm not here to make friends. I've got my own agenda, and you guys will hear about it soon, and walks off. So I'm very interested to hear what Christopher Daniels has to say, because uh, definitely seems like something is going to be happening with him. And that this is not a short-term thing. This is long-term storytelling, maybe, possibly. Who knows? Yeah. Um, Pat pointed out a really good thing the other night um, that uh, Impact must have said something to the fans before the rest of the tapings and told them to not put anything out 
because the only spoilers that came out about this show was the first night spoilers. And he, he pointed out that that's very rare for any tape show, let alone Impact, who basically every taping so far has just been like everything gets spoiled immediately. Apparently, according to Pat, how do you get the fans to cooperate? I don't know, but they did. That's something. Uh, Because you point out that, like, there's a guy on Reddit who, like, lives in Nashville and goes to every tapings. He was the one who put out the first night and said he was at all the tapings, did not put anything else out. Wow. Uh, We might want to check on him if we see. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. but I, I definitely think that if if Impact told people to stop posting spoilers and they did, there has to be something that they wanted to get stopped from being leaked out. Because, like, if you know this is happening every taping you've ever done, and then you just, like, all of a sudden, you've got a big, you've got a big lineup for... Uh, to go to Bound for Glory, or you know people are going to get more interested in this, and they were just like, hey, don't tell anybody anything about this show. Like, something seems like it's building. In my opinion. Like, I feel like you wouldn't tell people, or like, you wouldn't stop spoilers from getting out if you weren't trying to hide something big. And I'm very interested on what that big stuff could be. Yeah, that's a great point. I'm I'm even more intrigued now. Yeah. Um, do, do, do. Uh, we a- After this, we get How to Be a Professional Wrestler, Chapter 41, Physical Fitness. Uh, we start off with, a bun- uh, with the learning tree doing push-ups uh, and struggling. Um, and finally, they all get up at 250 push-ups. And we see... Manny Lemons, Zicky Dice, and Sam Beal all upset that uh, VSK didn't have to do push-ups. And Brian Myers says, he did the push-ups. He finished 10 minutes ago. Uh, And puts over how VSK is somebody that he was able to mold originally. And he soaked it all in. And this is what you could become if you listen to the Learning Tree styles. and also hints that we might be heading to another roster cut uh, for the learning tree. If they don't shape up, uh, then Brian Meyer says he and BSK have to go and get a steak dinner, uh, but that they need to figure out why they uh, cost uh, Brian Myers a chance at uh, a title shot. Um yeah, then, this is going the way I thought it would for um, Zicky Dice. Yeah. Like, I um, thought this was going to be the way to introduce him to the Impact fans, and this is more of just, like, boasting VSK, which is, you know, he's a great talent. But I thought after, you know, Zicky left NWA that this would be more of him getting a role in Impact, but he might just be a temporary filler at this point. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I know that, like, it's been reported that he signed a multi-year deal with Impact. So, like, I right. feel like he's got to be, like, you you don't sign a multi-year deal just to be a filler thing. And maybe he's going to get the axe out of the learning tree, and that's how we get Zicky Dice to, like, succeed in life. To do his own impact. Thing. Maybe he yeah. gets, I mean, we do, we do know more about Zicky Dice, uh, what's, 
coming up for him uh, at the end of the show, uh, which we'll go over for next week's episode. Um, but then Sam Beal uh, gives Zicky Dice and Manny Lemons some notebooks and says that they are the ones that failed. They are the ones that need to get the uh, the learning uh, trees. Yeah, they need to take notes. They need to report those notes back to Sam Beal. And then Sam Beal chases after VSK uh, and uh, Brian Myers uh, saying that he loves steak. And then Manny Lemon squeezes his lemon too hard and it squirts onto Zicky Dice who says, don't you ever squirt on me again. Uh, and then says that that was outlandish. Um, I, I enjoyed, I always enjoy these professional wrestler chapters, so good stuff and great to see VSK show up. Uh, and it seems like he's going to be a, a bigger part of the impact, uh, run to, uh, for at least a little bit more. So I'm all happy yeah. about that. Uh, good brothers vacation part two update. Uh, his video quality got much worse. Yep. They're just sitting on a couch, uh, just saying, Carl Anderson just says, "Oh, we've been beating up John Moxley all week, uh, the last few weeks," and Gallows is like, "We haven't touched John Moxley in months," and he's like, "Oh, I'm just so used to beating him up." And it's like, "All right, all right, Carl, calm down." Um, yeah. Then they run through the tag teams in Impact, um, and they say that Finn Juice and Bullet Club. Have to have a match next week uh, for the number one contendership uh, for their titles at Bound for Glory, uh, but that they've already written the script for Bound for Glory. It's the same script as always: a Magic Killer, a one-two-three, and a just too sweet. Um, yeah. So when you when they say Bullet Club. I don't know if they actually put up the uh, card for it next week, but you think that means El Phantasmo? Or so I'm assuming my assumption is that it's going to be Bay and Hikaleo. Okay, so, yeah, Bay's a given for me. I think I think they're going to put Phantasmo into the one of the triple the the final triple threat. Okay, that might make sense. Um, although you could also throw in. Uh, Chris Bay in that too, but I, I feel like Chris Bay and Hikaleo have been more of a team lately. Right. Um, uh, they also announced later in the show that that's not going to be a number one contendership match <laughs> um, because they made it a six man match. And we'll get to that in just a second um, because uh, we first go to Deanna Perrazzo driving a car. She has gone to a farm. Uh, and her and Mickey have a big old brawl around the farm. I thought this was a great segment. Oh, yeah. Minus, is... minus the really, like, uh, suspenseful music playing that was almost overpowering at points. Yeah. Um, but I thought this was great. It was good. It continues to build this blood feud. Um, this is easily the biggest uh, or best built feud that Deanna has had in quite some time. Um, and Oh yeah, this is this is her best feud, I would say, right? Yeah. Based on after that brawl. That yeah. Brawl. 
Uh, I would say this is one of the best, uh, like, brawl cinematic segments that Impact has produced in quite some time as well. Um, no doubt. And, yeah, Deanna lays out Mickey uh, in a field and walks off. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to see where this goes from here. Because we've still got another month before Bound for Glory at this point. So we've got like three yeah. or four more episodes. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if they end up just making this like a no DQ match at this point. And I'm perfectly fine with it. Like, go yeah, all out. Which is totally fine. We'll see what it yeah. comes down to. I, I think it's still going to be a straight up singles match. This is their first match against each other. So, yeah. Um, and depending on the title. You know, if yeah. he changes hands, this might not be their last match together. So, yeah, that is true. Um, after this, we have Finjuice uh, talking about uh, how Bullet Club keeps on adding members to the their Impact version, uh, but that they have even the numbers game because they have gotten uh, yeah. Chris Saban to join them. And Chris Saban just walks in and says, "Hey guys," and. Uh, then they have a big old laugh. And uh, yeah, next week it is Hikaleo, El Fantasmo, and Chris Bay versus Finn Juice and Chris Saban. Um, so not a number one contendership match. So I guess they're pushing that down the line. Um, <laughs> Which is fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm per- I, I don't have an issue with that. Yeah, another week of good guy Saban. I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, next week's episode has already been it's already pretty stacked with matches so uh having uh and a lot of like number one contendership or tournament stuff so yeah makes yeah. sense to keep on pushing that um after this we get uh um madman Fulton versus Christopher Daniels and I thought this was a fantastic match um as we haven't seen Madman much. Man Fulton in yes. the ring. Yes. So this was an excellent opportunity for him to one of the best workers this industry has seen. Um yes. and I mean he, he looks he looked really good. And I yeah, I mean I could let you go. Christopher Daniels looks awesome too. I miss him as a singles wrestler yes. so much. But um it was good to see him back in action and looking great. Yeah. Um commentary was uh point out that uh that this is Christopher Daniels versus the young upstart Madman Fulton. I was like, Fulton's been around the block for quite some time. How is he a young upstart? I looked him up. He's only 31 years old. Oh, he looks so much older. So yeah, I would, I would say that, yeah, he is kind of an upstart at this point, especially comparing him to to Daniels. Everybody's a young upstart. Uh, Then D'Lo points out that him in a, uh, Daniels both got their wrestling starts uh, around the same time, and that really dated Christopher Daniels. That because uh, like I always forget that like D'Lo is not as old as he looks. Like he's like in his mid fifties, I think, or like early fifties. Yeah. Uh, and Daniels is in his early fifties as well. Uh, that's just crazy to see to think that like Daniels is still in such fantastic shape. Uh, and still such a good wrestler uh, that, like, he has started wrestling, like, 30-odd years ago. Right. Well, versus, right, D'Lo Brown is 50 years old, but Christopher Daniels is in phenomenal shape. Yeah. Um, this this was a fantastic match. I think the best part of this match uh, easily was 
uh, Madman Fulton kicking out of the Angels' wings at one. At one, that shot. The crowd, the crowd, audibly gasped at this, um, and it looked really good because, like, I was I was shocked that like he could even hit the Angels' wings on a big guy like Fulton, um, uh, and I was like, oh man, he's gonna he's gonna win this. Nope, one. Everybody gasps. Uh, Fulton screams out. Uh, but uh, Daniels obviously was going to get this win. He gets the win with the best moonsault ever. My my uh, which... personal part, favorite part of the match was the STO with uh, Fulton on on his knees. You know, yes. tall guy couldn't hit an STO. I guess way up high. So, yeah. I, dude, Christopher Daniels is so smooth in the ring. He always oh my gosh, so smooth yeah. in the ring. So that's just always been one of the selling points for me. And you know, nothing has changed. It seems like. Yeah. Um. This was great. Uh, after this, we get the big episode of Swinger's Palace. Uh, Swinger has a tie, <laughs> very goofy yellow tie on. Uh, it, looks, yeah, uh, it looks like it is barely tied at all, but he is gasping for air, um, saying it is too tight. <laughs> and S- Scott shows up and... <laughs> <laughs> Swinger's like, oh, Team Canada's here. <laughs> Where's A1? <laughs> and, ah. and Scott says, uh, you know, uh, A1 had to, you know, he had to work out some kinks, and we sent him over to Portland uh, to, to, you know, freshen up and <laughs> get better uh, in the ring. And, and Johnny's like, oh, better get your money back on that one, Chief. <laughs> uh, I had no idea who the fuck A1 was because I didn't watch Team Canada. Yeah, no, um, I, I don't recall who that A1 was. A1 apparently was a bodybuilder that they brought in for looks and apparently was really bad in the ring. Uh, he apparently is still wrestling and is st- uh, is... He's like almost forty years old and is in Ohio Valley wrestling as a uh, like somebody who that they they are like just brought uh, back like in twenty nineteen to start like retraining again. Interesting. I mean, um, we got the look. Yeah. Um, then Johnny Swinger says you can't go to Vegas, uh, and <laughs> Swinger. Uh, 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 not Swinger. Uh, Scott says, "Oh, it's already, it's already there. We're, we're going." And Swinger's like, "Oh, if that's the case, then I'm bringing Swinger's Palace to Vegas. We're gonna bankrupt all the casinos, like the Sands, the Riviera, yeah, he's- the Tropicana, all the old casinos that have all fallen by the wayside at this right. point." Right. I was like, "All right, Swinger, just dating himself once again." Uh, and then. <laughs> Uh, Scott says, but you don't have a Nevada uh, gaming license, so he, he can't bring it out there. He's like, buddy, I don't even have a Tennessee gaming license. Yeah. Big <laughs> Scott, Scott says, well, you shouldn't you should kayfabe that one, daddy. <laughs> Grab some chips and says, I think because of that, I've got to close you down. And then Swinger freaks out. We get a zoom in on his face and he's just screeching. <laughs> this, this was great. Uh, and then uh, Johnny Bravo is just like, well, that went better than I expected. Oh, yeah, this was how could this that have fantastic. They got shut down. Yeah, unbelievable. I uh, can't see what he can't wait to see what Swinger's got up his sleeve next. 
Oh yeah. Um, and after this, we get uh, Ace and Fulton finding Scott and asking for a match for next week because they want to get their hands on Christian and Josh again. Uh, and they make it official that next week, Ace Austin, Madman Fulton versus Christian and Josh Alexander will happen. Uh, then we have our Violent by Design segment. Um, the, Rhino has to make a choice. And what will that choice be? Uh, Violent by Design comes out, Eric. Uh, again, no boot, no limp. So it seems like we are getting closer and closer to the return of Eric Young in ring, hopefully. Um, uh, so Eric Diener and Joe Doring all come out. Uh, Eric Young just runs down Rhino, says that Rhino needs to make a choice. He's been the weakest link uh, and that he needs to choose. Does he stay with Violent by Design and try to get better and get rid of the sickness? Or does he try to walk away from Violent by Design and nobody walks away from Violent by Design? Uh, Then Rhino comes out and Eric Young basically says the entire promo again, word for word. Yeah. Just broken up as they get closer and closer to Rhino. And then all of a sudden, we get a new Titantron. And it's literally a black Titantron with white... Sp- I I called it cum in the, in the group chat. <laughs> it's literally just a splatter of white. Nice. And, the, and it says, oh, baby. <laughs> and then Heath comes out. Ah, oh, um, who thought of that? That's yeah. crude. Um. Heath comes out. He is looking jacked, baby. Um, uh, this is the first time we've seen Heath in quite some time. Uh, and Heath comes in, beats up Diener. Uh, he rolls out Doring and Eric. And he looks like he wants, he goes for a hug for Rhino. Rhino rolls out of the ring and walks out of the building. So he still hasn't chosen. Uh, but. Heath is back and looking better than ever. Yeah, and you know what? I'm kind of glad that this is how the the whole bit ended with Rhino leaving without just embracing Heath immediately. Yes. You know, like, that was the expectation. It was like they were just going to become a tag team again and beat, beat Violent by Design or face Violent by Design, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think having that dissension, this, you know, leads to some more. Yes. What more can Heath and Rhino do together? Yeah. So this is good. Yeah. Um, after this, we get the reveal of a new championship uh, in Impact Wrestling. It is easily the worst named championship in the history of wrestling, I think. It is the Digital Media Championship. Um, yeah, this one's rough. Now, I explained why they clearly went with this. Because, you, like, Pat was like, why didn't they just call it the Impact uh, plus title. And I pointed out that Impact Plus is not a worldwide thing. And it's base, it's a little more, exp- it's, I think it's $9.99 per month or $7.99 per month. Yeah. Where, um, and then you've got the YouTube channel and the YouTube membership, uh, Ultimate Insider stuff is $4.99 a month. And it's available, not again, not globally, I don't think, but it's available basically. Uh, in the same places um, and uh, you're putting it on both you're not going to call it 
the Impact Plus Championship if you're going to be defending it on uh, TV. They, uh, Scott has announced that it will be uh, defended on Impact Weekly television sometimes as well as pay-per-views and Impact Plus shows. Um, but they're still calling them Impact Plus shows even though they're also available on the YouTube channel at the same time. Um, if you're a member um, or insider or whatever it's called. Um, and I understand why they're going to be do- like putting it on weekly television because, again, there's a lot. I'm sure there's a lot of people who still watch it through, uh, through the YouTube channel or through the Impact Plus like 24 hours later. So oh, yeah. it makes sense. Um, it's a nice belt. It, it's a very good looking belt. And I, I say this about all the impact belts, all the impact titles belts look really nice. Um, I'm trying to see, um, they, they, so they have announced that there's going to be a tournament. They announced that it is going to be, um, that they, they announced the first two matches of the tournament, but they don't say how many people are going to be in it. They say it will be cra- the first champion will be crowned at Bound for Glory. In the trailer, they also show women, uh, Jordan Grace, Chelsea Green, uh, I believe Deanna as well, um, and Tasha Steeles. Uh, obviously, they're not; they might not all be in it, but it does. Uh, and then Jordan Grace posted on Twitter uh, in her that is a fully intergender title. Um, That's pretty cool. So. Yeah, this is a huge thing for that. Um, apparently, uh, Wrestling uh, Inc. has put out um, yesterday that uh, this will actually be a... Uh, so there's going to be, I guess, six matches to lead in this tournament. The winner of each match will go into a six-way match held on the pre-show of Bound for Glory to crown the champion. That, that makes sense, you know? Yes. We'll be watching it online. Yes. Uh, and the first two matches of this are Hernandez versus Crazy Steve. Oh, yeah. And Zicky Dice versus John Schuyler. So, Zicky Dice already getting a, a title not- opportunity. I don't think it'll work well for him, but, you know. Yeah. Right. Um. Scott uh, also put out uh, s- uh, some more information about it yesterday, uh, saying Impact Wrestling is an innovator uh, uh, in the digital space, pointing to how Impact is widely successful uh, on Facebook and social medias. Uh, it is fitting to recognize the huge audience Impact has online. After the first champion is crowned, the digital media championship will be defended on Impact's digital platforms and exclusive matches, as well as on television, monthly Impact Plus specials, and pay-per-views as it takes its place as one of the most coveted titles in our sport. Um, That makes it seem like there's going to be like random matches that they're going to be putting up on social media for this. Sort of like what the twenty four seven championship should have been. I'm, I'm cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hey, I'm all for innovative titles as long as they work well. Yeah. Um, and, and Impact knows they have a good internet following, so you know to 
you know, keep up the momentum with that. That's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, so it will be officially 12 contenders, six matches will be knockouts and male members of the roster. Um, and uh, other qualifying matches will be held on Tuesdays and Wednesdays via impact plus, and they will be released 24 hours later on YouTube for ultimate insider members. That's the $5 a month. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so uh, it does seem like they're trying to get more people to go to go back to impact plus and just be like, Hey, we're going to put the, we're going to have exclusive matches on impact plus, but you can get them 24 hours later. If you want to pay a little less, that's fine. Yeah. Um, it, it does bring impact plus more of a reason to have it. Um, I thought this was going to be like a thing that they'd be like, Oh man, gonna need this for, uh, uh, like ex- they're gonna be putting this on like the explosions that they randomly put out. Nope, yeah. it's gonna be yeah. their own thing. Uh, so Crazy Steve versus uh Hernandez Man, and Zicky Dice versus John Skyler will be next week on Tuesday, October fifth. Not on actual impact. If um, Hernandez wins this match, this might be his first win all year. Yeah, I, it, dude, I'm I'm hoping for a big Hernandez win. I want to see, uh, you know, one border toss and a one-two-three. Yes, uh, maybe back. get maybe get some shenanigans from a swinger. Oh, and please! This, and they're going to make the digital media championship uh, be held exclusively at Swinger's Palace. That would be excellent. That that is an excellent idea. Get me a, if the I Swingers Impact Plus just had a live stream of Swingers Palace. 24/7. Well, they're going to have to figure out something with Swingers Palace if they don't have the Nevada gaming uh, license. Yeah, they're going to have to figure out other sources of revenue, for sure. Yeah, So, getting, getting the uh, digital media championship might be a good way to do that. No doubt. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, next week, Impact. Biz- now, now you've got two matches for non-Impact announced. Uh, but also for the main show next week, we have the Bullet Club versus Finn Juice and Saban match. We have the Ace Austin and Madman Fulton versus Josh Alexander and Christian Cage match. Um, not a cage match, but Christian Cage. Um, <laughs> and we also have Heath addressing the Impact uh, Faithful and... Good. What I'm, me and Angelo are assuming is the X Division qual, the next X Division qualifying match because they didn't officially say it. They just said an X Division triple threat match. Yeah, I think it has to be. It has yeah, to be. it is Black Tarus versus PD Williams versus Steve Macklin. Um, yeah, so I'm not excited uh, about Steve Macklin in here. That's that's no. what I was getting to earlier. I, you know, the first match was the right path. Like you want to show yes. what the X Division is all about. Steve Macklin is not the X Division. He's anti-X Division, and that's fine if you want to have him in storylines, rivalries. But to insert him in this match, you presume he wins here, unless if something shady happens and Tarus, like, I guess, gets the win. Um, hey, man, I'm all for Black Tarus winning this. Yeah, I, love I, w- Black I would Tarus. be too, but I just don't think Macklin takes a loss here. And that, that upsets no. me because that means this, you know, what's going to be a triple threat for the title is going to be all driven by Macklin, and I, yeah. I'm not a fan of that at all. No, I, I'm not either. Um, it, unless Macklin can finally impress me in a match, I do not care. 
Yeah, that, that's just where I, it, I'm borderline uninterested in that. So, yeah, um, but I guess we'll we will see. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Finally, it is main event time: W. Morrissey versus Eddie Edwards in a street fight. Um, this went longer than expected. Um, Gave it a it lot. Was, of- they did give it a lot of time. It was a good match. Um, Morrissey continues to impress me. Eddie is always pretty good in the ring. They have really good chemistry, so no wonder they keep on pushing these matches. Um, Alicia comes out and starts hitting uh, Morrissey with a kendo stick earlier right in the match. Right before Morrissey was about to, you know, power bomb off the top rope, Edwards into like a you know pile of chairs standing up. So that would have been yeah. a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Uh, earlier in this match, I do have to say Morrissey used the kendo stick on Eddie, and it just shattered immediately. <laughs> that was a great visual. The crowd loved that. Um, Alicia uh, continuing to interfere, get involved in these matches, understandably. Um, but when she does this, she kind of moves the chairs away, and then they end up sending Morrissey through the chairs, and it, it didn't look as good. And commentary points that out that the the chairs had been uh, moved away, so they it wasn't the full. It wasn't brunch. as yeah, it wasn't as impactful. Um, Morrissey or Eddie tries to pin Morrissey off this, and Morrissey like kicks out pretty quickly. And crowd again, audible gasp, just like they did for Fulton kicking out of the Angels' wings. Uh, and Eddie keeps on beating uh, Morrissey th- down some more, and. There had been a table set up in this corner for the entire match. I mean the entire match. Yeah. I feel like this was set up maybe in the first two or three minutes. And I was well, like, okay. You know is. what? This, this match was a lot of stuff outside the ring. So yes. That's why I just stayed there unscathed. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, oh, something, something's going to happen. Somebody's getting sent through this table to finish it. Probably Alicia. Um, and... Eddie goes for the Boston knee party and Alicia gets in the way and stops him. And the crowd is like, what's going on? And uh, Alicia grabs a chair with uh, barbed wire all around it, holds it in front of uh, Morrissey's head. Uh, and uh, Eddie hits the Boston knee party through uh, with the help of the chair for the one, two, three. Good finish. And then Moose immediately comes out. And immediately starts just destroying life uh and morrissey gets in and uh grabs alicia so she has to watch eddie just get destroyed here um eddie gets sent through the table with a really nice spear uh and then (laughs) moose brings him out of the ring uh gets a chair puts it around eddie's neck Sends him into the uh, ring post head first. Then he bounces off that. Moose gets another chair and just winds up and slams it across the head like a baseball bat. Uh, If anybody watches New Japan, you will know that uh, Evil, everybody's favorite wrestler, uh, does this all the time. And because of the new parent chairs always breaking immediately because they're plastic, when he does this, it doesn't look as good. This looked absolutely horrifying to take. Like, 
just two steel chairs, just one wrapped around somebody's neck and the other one just going oh, full steam. <laughs> like that, that, that was that that was one of the best looking uh, chair segments I thought, uh, and Morris moves look dangerous as hell. Uh, who is going to be the person to help Eddie in this? I have no idea. Uh, especially Sh- with Sammy yeah. out. Oh, I hope it's Ken Shamrock. Yeah, only makes sense. You need now. some Ken. Sh- no, that's Christopher Daniels is gonna be like. This is why I came back. I need yeah. to get need rid of Sammy these guys. Gonna shatter his leg. So yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. Um. How do you feel about this episode? I'm giving oh. this a big old thumbs up. Yeah, it's a big thumbs up for me as well. I, excellent throughout the whole thing. Yeah. Um. So we uh not in any uh realm about uh impact, but uh there apparently more of the uh draft has happened for WWE. Oh, the final, um, right? Yeah, and uh so we pointed out in our little group chat that you know Mad Cat first off, <laughs> Riddick Moss is now Madcap Moss. Um and somehow Madcap Moss and uh and Happy Corbin uh are were a third round draft pick uh and still no IC champion or US champion has been claimed or the SmackDown Women's Champion <laughs> um is still on the board and nobody has claimed them uh this continues as um we had. Uh, the the uh, supplemental picks uh, on Talking Smack last night. Uh, we've got Reggie, the twenty four seven champion, is gone is staying on Raw. Okay. Uh, Akira Tozawa is staying on Raw. The Alpha Academy is on Raw, which you might be like, who the hell is that, Angelo? That would be Chad Gable and Otis Dozovic's tag team. Oh, yeah. Uh, So they have gone from SmackDown to Raw. Okay. Apollo Crews and Commander Aziz are on Raw. Commander Aziz. Dewdrop is on Raw. Drake Maverick is on Raw. So Drake Maverick, 100% staying in the 24-7 title scene. Um, John Morrison, staying on Raw. Uh, T-Bar has been selected by himself. Mace has been moved to SmackDown, so they've separated T-Bar and Mace. All right. Nia Jax is on Raw. R-Truth is on Raw. And Zelina Vega has been moved from SmackDown to Raw. Uh, SmackDown has gained Drew Gulak, which might be the greatest thing in Drew Gulak's life, because that means that he is no longer a part of the 24-7 title scene. Yeah, seriously. Um. Aaliyah has been moved up from NXT. Uh, Aaliyah, who I have constantly said is the worst women's wrestler that WWE has employed, and that includes Eva Marie, because Eva Marie was never good and didn't spend five years in developmental and not get better. Aaliyah's been there forever. She has been there for five years. Maybe six. Unbelievable. Um, As I said, Mace is there. Tony Storm is there. And Mustafa Ali and Mansoor are on SmackDown, but as separate picks, so they are not a tag team. Uh, not necessarily, just, at least. Yeah, because all the other tag teams were in, were chosen it, together. Yeah, yeah, I get that. 
Um, so RK yeah, bro kind of seems like, uh, I mean, I guess they're champs right now, right? Yes, they are champs. So like, but that's, that's a package deal of two, you know, elite singles wrestlers at this point. Yeah. But you know, it is what it is. Cause I saw they're, they're on raw still. Yeah. Oh. Um, again, doesn't make any, a lick of sense that you still would not choose the women's champion from SmackDown. Um, or the uh, IC or US champion, but okay. Now, who needs that? Um, I saw some people being like, oh, well, that just means because I think Charlotte has a title match soon, um, and she's the Raw champion. So people are like, oh, she's just going to lose it and go over it since she's already been drafted to SmackDown and they're going to keep Becky on SmackDown with the title. But uh, they've also apparently announced that this draft doesn't go into effect until November. So yeah, I've never heard of such a thing, and I mean yeah. that's just why I'm so disenfranchised with the product. That's that just makes no sense. Like, why would I, you know, be invested in this draft a month in advance unless it's really gonna drive storylines of like where the title is gonna go, like what you were just speculating? It it seems a little weird. It is. Yeah. Like- um. But yeah. Overall, I'd say this is one of the stronger episodes of Impact. It's got a lot of storylines continuing to move on. I'm very interested to see how this digital media championship uh, stuff goes uh, and if it's going to bring more eyes to their digital media platforms uh, or social media platforms as well. Um, it and could I want go really see well. What, if, done, yeah. if done well, it could, it could really be a huge hit, this yeah. media title. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm also interested to see who else is involved in this. My guess would be Chelsea, because she's already doing intergender stuff. Jordan, I wouldn't be shocked. Think Rob Gronkowski gets his hands on this at some point in his life? Uh, probably not. I think he's a little too big for impact. Plus, he's injured. I don't know if you saw, but he did not make the trip to New England. Oh, he didn't? He did not. They have oh, announced no. he is injured uh, and out That's for... Terrible the new England game. Uh, so it, it's a, it's still the return for Brady, but not a return not for Brockster. Wow. That, that ruins a lot of those, uh, same game parlays that DraftKings was pushing. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable right. stuff. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, tune in next week. We will be back. Um, and Pat and Joey should be back for another episode of, uh, the raw review on Monday. The raw uh, dog to, review. Yeah, go over the uh, the draft and their thoughts, uh, as well as the dynamite review on Wednesday. We'll we will be back on Thursday. Uh, be safe, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening.